It's the Rush Fancast. I'm Steve. I'm with my partner, Jerry. Yes, I'm here. And it's, uh, it's a tough day for us here on the Rush Fancast. Uh, we're recording this on January 11th, 2020. And we just got the news yesterday that, that Neil Peart uh, passed away yesterday. Or on Tuesday, I on should Tuesday, say. Tuesday, yeah. And we're devastated, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I really am. It's a tough day. Um, we found out on Friday afternoon which was the 10th, and we found out Neil, Neil had died on Tuesday. And the first thought that came to my mind, Jer, was he, he died the way he lived, in a peaceful, private way. Yeah. And his family and friends probably knew about it on Tuesday. Yeah. And they mourned together. And um, then they let the public know three days later so we could mourn as well. Yeah. But they had the private moments for three days themselves and i think that was fitting yeah i think so i think it was the right way to do it and i'm sure that's the way neil wanted it oh i'm sure absolutely it, evidently i i didn't even know he was sick nobody nobody did. did nobody did except the closest people to him i think right so i'm sure i'm sure he uh you know made those kinds of arrangements beforehand about right you know Right. About the privacy aspect right. of it. And my guess is they probably, if they had a service for Neil, they probably had it on Friday before they announced it to the public, I would think. Yeah, that makes sense. Because the last thing I think Neil would have wanted was Rush fans like you and I and everybody else showing up at the funeral home right. with tributes. I mean, as, as kind as a gesture that would be for Rush fans to do, right. I'm sure Neil wouldn't have been comfortable with that and wouldn't have been comfortable having his family do that. That's true. So we thought today for the Rush Fan Cast, we would do a tribute to Neil Peart, a celebration of his career and life, and um, involve you in it as well. We reached out on Twitter and on Instagram and asked for your comments on Neil and your thoughts. We're going to share those with you today. Then we're going to do what we usually do. We're going to break down uh, one of Neil's, one of Rush's songs yeah. and Neil's lyrics. So we'll do that later on in the podcast. But first, Jared, do you have any, you know, what's your initial thoughts on Neil's passing and, and what it means and how you feel about it? Um, I, you know, it's the strangest thing because I, I really do feel a loss. Yeah. I really do. It's so strange to feel a loss for somebody that you didn't even know. Yeah. It really does feel like somebody I knew has passed away. Well, and, we felt like we knew him. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. Right, but... We still didn't, I mean, obviously. Right. But well, I mean, he didn't know us, but but we feel like we knew him. Right, exactly. We felt mm -hmm. like we knew him. Right. And when you, you texted me yesterday, um, my heart just sank in my stomach. Yeah. It was like one of those moments, again, when you get the news that someone you know has died. Right. You just kind of go blank for a second and your, your heart just drops. I saw it on Twitter. Uh, I just... Finished up work, it was around 4.30, and I happened to check my Twitter feed, as I do, just to see, you know, I sent a tweet out earlier in the day, and I wanted to see if people reacted to it, and I looked at my mentions, there were like 300 or something, and I'm the first thing I thought was, wow, that tweet really worked, and then I saw what it was, and I couldn't believe it. Right. I didn't believe it. I had to go online and search and 
Oh, I did. Even though you you texted me and said, you know, Neil passed away. This is not a joke. I I searched you had anyway. To, you had to check. I had I, to find out for myself. I did the same thing. I couldn't believe it, and I think a lot of Rush fans across the world thought the same thing. This can't be true. Right. It just didn't seem right. You know, it didn't seem real. You know, we use the hashtag Rush Family on our Instagram and and Twitter posts, and it really is that. You know, I think it's so, yeah. it's it's a rush family, and we felt like Neil was one of the patriarchs of that family. Yeah, definitely. Along definitely. with Alex and Getty, he's right. the head of the family. Yeah, you know, it's almost like the grandfather of the Rush family right. had passed away. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of Rush fans felt the same way. Right. So that that was the first first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, and the second thing that came to my mind is just remembering the concerts and remembering him playing. Yeah. I mean, he played like a monster, obviously, but with such life and such uh, joy every time he picked up those sticks. Mm -hmm. And then I was just going through like, you know, just my own memories of the song, of listening to the songs. I have specific memories of listening to specific songs at specific times just because, I don't know, that's what I do. I, I I remember like I remember the you know one time I was listening to one song at, at at this particular place and I just remember the place. And when you hear that song, you think about that time in your life, right? Yeah. And we uh, have spent a lot of time in our lives, you know, rush adjacent. Right. Like right. Listening to rush. I mean, it's it's really, really ridiculous how much time we have spent in our lives with this band with this with these lyrics and with these songs. Uh, the way I put it to someone yesterday was Neil, I feel like he wrote the soundtrack to my life. Is yeah. that weird? Is that weird to say? I don't know. I mean, he did. Right? <laughs> he did. That's what I feel like. You know, yeah. like all the memories I have from 1986 up until now, I can kind of tie a Rush song or or a Rush album to that memory somehow yeah you know the only other person a famous person that i have a similar kind of feeling about is george carlin because mm -hmm. no matter what situation you're in you think of a george carlin there's quote. a george carlin quote for it yeah and it's the same thing with rush no matter where you are and what situation is going on you could you can pull out a, a rush line oh totally and and when neil passed away yesterday People were doing that, pulling out rush lines that of course. identified with the situation they were in. Right. He's helping us deal with this. I know. He really is. Well, that was the- The words he wrote are now helping us deal with his passing. Right. Which is amazing to me. Well, yeah, that's just a testament to his his writing ability. Yeah. The university out- university, What kind of word am I saying? I don't know. He, I, can't, I can't even think today. <laughs> I know. He has a universe. I'll put it this way. His lyrics are, are universal because they tap into some part of the human spirit, mm -hmm. really. Yeah. So it's they're applicable to everyone because they're about you know everyone and everything. Yeah, I wonder if if Neil's passing is going to be harder for us than Getty or Alex's because he wrote the lyrics. Do you think it, it's harder because because he had that connection with us with the lyrics that Getty and Alex didn't? I mean, we don't know how we'll feel. Uh, hopefully, it's not for a long time right. that Getty and Alex leave leave us. But will we feel different? Is this different? It 
I don't know. I don't think it's going to be. It might only be different because it, well, it was so um, unexpected, unexpected, sudden mm-hmm. for us. Right. You know, we had n- uh, no one had any idea he was even sick for three and a half years. Yeah. And um, I think that was one of the hardest things is just to have it dropped on you like that. Yeah. I mean, if Getty lives to be 90 and that would be a whole different thing. It's a long, long life. 67 is young. Yeah. It's too short. It's too short. Absolutely. But you know, the good thing about Neil is he packed in as much life as he could. Yeah. Right. He lived his life his way. Yeah. And he didn't compromise that in any way ever. Yeah. And that's, that's why I admire him. Right. Like I wish I, I wish I could live my life that way. I mean, I try to, but it's hard. Well, like in headlong flight, one of the lyrics is, you know, I'd never trade tomorrow for today. And I think that's how he felt about life in general. Yeah. And he just never, he never wavered from that. Yep. Which is just amazing. Admirable. Yeah. I mean, and you know, I, I want to go back to what I said about him kind of being the patriarch of the Rush family. Yeah. He taught us so much about how to live our lives or how he felt people should live our lives. Yeah. And, and I identified with so much of that. Right. I always say that, you know, Neil's lyrics didn't tell me what to think but they taught me how to think. Yeah. And it made you think. It made me think. Yeah. Made me think about things I'd never thought of before. Not even in, not just a a rock song, right? but just at all. And uh, I think that's why he's so important to everyone's lives is just perspective. Yeah. and, And he's still doing that because since we've been doing this podcast, we're really digging deep into these lyrics, deeper than I ever dug before. Yeah. And I'm still learning from him. And we're going to continue this, and we're going to learn even more from him. Yeah. You can listen to these these songs over and over again, and every time pull out a different message that you hadn't heard before, and they're all so meaningful. Yeah. Everything's in them. Yeah. Everything. It's, it's, very, it's very sad. I've been sad for 24 hours now. Just yeah. sad. Yeah. And not just sad as a, as a fan of someone's music to you know know that you're never going to like hear them play. We kind of knew that we weren't going to see Rush play again. So that's But there not, was always that hope. There was always the hope that they would or or at least see the three of them together again to yeah. t- to get some award or anything. Right. Would have been great. Even yeah. if they didn't play. I I never thought Neil was going to play again. Yeah. But just to see the three of them together for him to well here's something I hope happens and I I bet you this this is going to happen. I mean, Neil's known for three and a half years right. that he has, he's had cancer. He had to write about it. He had to. Mm, yes. I think that we're going to get one more book from Neil about this experience he's gone through. Yeah, probably. I, I would think knowing Neil, I don't know Neil, but what I know about Neil, I would think he's going to, he's going to give us that. Yeah. And one, I hope so. One last gift. Yeah. And he's going to teach us how to deal with with cancer, which so many of us either have gone through or family members of ours have gone through. Yeah. Friends of ours have gone through. We all know, we all know people who've dealt with it. Yeah. And now Neil's dealt with it and he's going to help us get through it. Yep. So we've got a, a podcast to get through here, Jer. I know. You it's going to be tough. Um, talking about like the, the soundtrack of your life too, music is so much different than other art forms. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have your favorite paintings and you can have your favorite movies and your favorite books, 
but you don't really experience them the same way that you experience music. Right. You know, even the movies you go with other people or watch a movie a dozen times, but you could sit with a song a hundred times. These things are like just, you absorb them. They become part Mm -hmm. of your, it's just become part of you. I pulled a line from uh, The Spirit of Radio. I pulled a bunch of Neil lyrics that that I just loved. I mean, I could have spent days pulling out a different line from every song that Rush ever did. But just what you just said reminded me of this one. Off on your way, hit the open road. There's magic at your fingers. The spirit ever lingers. And here's the part. Undemanding contact in your happy solitude. Yep. So Neil's, that was when where Neil was happiest in solitude. Not happiest, but he was very happy to be by himself listening to the radio or whatever it is he was doing. And yeah. he was also happy to be with family and friends, obviously. Yeah. But to be ha- that happy by yourself out on your motorcycle listening to the radio whatever it is you're doing yeah becoming one with nature like he did he was content doing that as well yeah i mean that's what music can do you can sing along with it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like you can't watch a movie you would want nobody would watch a movie and and say all the lines out loud while you're watching the movie people would hit you in the head right but you can get a group of people in a room and sing this sing along with songs and air drums we've all done (laughs) yeah i mean i spent a couple hours yesterday in the car by myself just listening to rush yeah and just immersing myself not only in rush but in neil's drumming yeah for whatever reason yesterday i had to really focus in on neil's drumming and just appreciate it yeah and i may have done that more yesterday than i ever have just listening i was listening to permanent waves and moving pictures and the drumming on those two albums are just amazing. Yeah, they're it's incredible. just amazing. Yeah, we went out to dinner last night, the family and I. And I told my, I said, I said to them, I'm like, listen, after dinner, I'm gonna go drive around for like an hour, listening to Rush. And my older daughter was like, oh, I'll come with you, right? So we get home, and I'm like, I'm just gonna make a playlist of like an hour's worth of my favorite Rush songs. Like 15 minutes later, this playlist is three and a half hours long. It's like wow. 45 songs. I'm like, and I could have just kept on going. There's so many good songs. I usually just put every Rush album on shuffle. <laughs> yeah, just right. put them all in there, put them all on shuffle, and whatever comes up, comes up. Right. Well, you, I was I was thinking of the list that we're supposedly going to do at one point. Right. And I was just like, okay, well, this is a, this is a good exercise. What are my favorite, in this time of, of reflection of thinking about neil what are my favorite rush songs mm-hmm. and i rattled off 44 off the top of my head i mean here's a question for you what's your favorite neil performance in a rush song and this it's impossible i know it is really impossible i think oh man so many different aspects you know as i too last night was listening to the drumming more than i usually do mm-hmm and two things that he is the master of, and I might have said this before, the hi-hat yeah. and the bass drum. His bass drum patterns are very, very hard to pick out, like what the pattern is, but there is a pattern to them because mm-hmm. they're so complex. He's just a master. So with that, I think, oh man, the highlight drum the highlights, definitely La Villa Strangiato. Okay. But also Headlong Flight. Oh, yeah. Headlong flight. I was going to say natural science. Oh, of course. Natural science is incredible. Tom Sawyer? Well, 
it's funny you mentioned Tom Sawyer because I was watching Beyond the Lighted Stage the other day and Neil was talking about Tom Sawyer. And how hard it is to play. Right. You would think he'd be sick of playing that song, but he said the opposite. He said, I love playing that song because it's so difficult to play. Yeah. He said, every time I play it, it's a challenge for me to get it perfect. Yeah, it's crazy. And if I get it perfect, I'm so happy. And I love playing that song because I'm, I just love challenging myself and trying to get it perfect every time. And it's so, so hard to play. Not that I'm a drummer or anything, but if I was a drummer, I, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could do it. Yeah. Well, uh, we've seen them play Tom Sawyer every single time we saw them. Yes. And I never noticed that it was, wasn't anything but perfect. I'm sure, I'm sure it was perfect. 99.9% of the time, but Neil's, Neil's idea of perfect. I mean, if he, missed the stick by right. an inch or something on the drum head he yeah. might think it's not perfect yeah i used to work with someone she played the drums and she was she was really into the drums and she told me we were talking about rush and she said that she try was trying to learn how to play tom sawyer but she could not get the hi-hat because he plays that hi-hat at a thousand miles an hour yeah throughout the entire song she was like a, one minute in and my forearm was just on fire i just love the way every part of the song like if 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 neil played a certain way in the first verse he'll play a completely different way in the second verse yeah. it's amazing to I me know. i mean he throws in all these different things yeah i mean you would think well okay the first verse i'm gonna play this like this fill right this fill and you know he could have just played the same thing in the second <laughs> verse and, and we would have been just as amazed but no i'm gonna do something completely different right and and just as amazing and it's just phenomenal just He's, phenomenal i think it's you know all three of them they're at such an incredibly high level that in order to remain interested and challenged mm. they have to do stuff like that i think is to do these crazy things because what drummer doesn't play the same fill in the same place in a song nobody neil neil neil's the guy yeah really really uh really is incredible so um any other thoughts, Jarrah on Neil, before we uh, move on to uh, the thoughts of our listeners? No, I mean, I really, it, it's almost, I almost wish we could do this podcast like a month from now where I could settle down. Yeah. But well, I really can't, I'm, I really have a hard time expressing myself. Well, I wrote down a couple of things. Um, you know, I was saying like how he taught us how, how to deal with the different aspects of life. I tried to come up with some things that, that maybe maybe Neil taught us as the patriarch of uh, okay let's of hear Rush him. let's hear him you know difficulties with relationships yep you know a song like Entree New mm-hmm. I thought of right um, getting older time stands still I think I'm going bald yep we're dealing with getting older right our faith or our lack of faith the song Faithless yeah that is a great that's a song. great song we haven't talked about that one yet the fear series yeah we talked we learned about our fears. These are all things that, you know, your dad might sit you down and, and teach you about, right? Seriously. <laughs> right. Yes, you're right. Uh, about love, ghost yep. of a chance, right? Um, he even taught us how to deal with, with death, yeah. right? After Image, basically the whole album Vapor Trails. Right. And uh, Bravado, which is a different kind of thing. It's about soldier may, maybe going off to war mm-hmm. and passing away. But he taught us about that too. Told us stories. By Tor and the Snow Dog, 2112, Hemispheres, and all those stories 
weren't just stories. They all had a lesson. They too, did, yeah. You know? So Neil's been teaching us our whole lives. Yeah. How to be better people. Yeah, not and- to compromise our beliefs, to do what we think is best for us all the time. We try to do that. Yeah. Neil, Neil did it. And Neil did it. And uh, it's not something that, you know, everybody can apply that to themselves in some way. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has to drop out of high school and go play in a rock band. Well, sure. You know, you can, you know, the place in, you know, what's the, what's the first line of, uh, of Anthem? Know your place in life is where you want to be. Right. We talked about that. It's well, just where you want to be is different for different people. For different for different people. Yeah. He's not, again, he's not telling us what to think. Just making us think. Yeah. He's just making us think. And still will make us think. Yeah. I mean, this is a, a huge loss. Yeah. A huge loss. Just not, and not even as a musician, but as a person, it, it, there's, you won't find anyone who has a negative Neil Peart story. Yeah. And I've seen a bunch of them online the past 24 hours. I mean, just the people that he knew, members of the crew, other drummers, people that he allowed into his inner circle. Yeah. Loved him. Loved him. Uh, Couldn't say a bad word about the guy. I mean, how could you? Yeah. Mike Portnoy had had some good quotes. I pulled them out about what a nice guy he was. Even... um, uh, who's the drummer of the of Bruce Springsteen's band? Max Weinberg. Max Weinberg, Mighty Max Weinberg. He has a he has a Neil Young. I mean Neil Young and Neil Peart story. Wow. Yeah, that's it's in here somewhere. I'll I want to start with one quote that I really loved. Our friend Bobby Shaw. Oh yeah. Uh, on Twitter, uh, he sent a quote from Neil. This this is great. It's about being your own hero. I set out never to betray the values that a sixteen year old had, to never sell out. To never bow to the man. A compromise is what I can never accept. Yep. That's Neil. That's Neil. And thank you, Bobby, for that. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau. Oh, did tweeted he? Out. Yeah, he tweeted, we've lost a legend, but his influence and legacy will live on forever in the hearts of music lovers in Canada and around the world. Just true. Chuck D. Chuck D? Yeah. Chuck D said, uh, at the end of the crazy rock and roll hall night, in nineteen, I mean, in two thousand thirteen, where Rush, the band, and Public Enemy were inducted, it was just myself and Neil Peart alone, talking and laughing low in relief, laughing low in relief that the long night was over at a small table backstage, sharing a unique moment without much words. Rest in beats, my man. You know uh, that that reminds me. Uh, I'm very, very happy that you and I got to experience that Rock and Roll Hall of yeah, Fame concert. That, that was. You know, when we we decided to do that, we thought we were crazy, and now I think we were brilliant. I mean, it was just a great idea to go out there and just experience Neil and Alex and Getty getting that great honor. Yeah, it was. The guys weren't happy with the Rock Roll Hall of Fame prior to that, but they accepted the award with dignity and class. Right. They could have not accepted it. Oh, sure. They could have said, "Uh, that's okay. But was it Getty who said, you know, we always thought this wasn't a big deal, but now it's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. And Neil thought it was a big deal. Yeah. Alex Alex was goofing on it a little bit. <laughs> Alex was goofing <laughs> on it. But, you know, it, it. I don't know when it dawned on them that it was a, a huge deal, but it might have definitely dawned on them when we gave them a standing ovation for five minutes. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah I mean, every fan that was there showed the band how much they loved them that night. Yep. For sure. I've got a, a quote from Donna Halper, who uh, 
helped discover Rush. Mm. She says, words fail me when I think of the gift that Neil Peart was. Sometimes cancer takes the finest people. and In this case, that is what happened. It's difficult to think of a world without Neil in it. May he rest in peace. This one I found was from Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. Wow. Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. He said, I just heard about Neil Peart passing. I feel real bad about this. He was way too young. Neil was one of the great drummers, and he'll be missed. Love and mercy to Neil's family. Wow. Brian, uh, who would think that Brian Wilson? Well, here, I'm going to one-up you, okay? This one is from Paul Anka. Paul Anka, yes. Paul Anka. Today we lost a brilliant man. His contributions to music, the world of drumming, and his poetic voice are unmatched, and he is and will be loved for generations to come. Thank you, Neil, for all you gave us. You are forever in our hearts. Neil Anka. Paul Anka. Paul Anka. Yeah. I'm thinking of Neil Sadaka. Right after you said Paul Anka, I'm thinking Neil Sadaka. <laughs> Questlove. Questlove, okay. From The Roots. Yeah, yeah. There's a you know, uh, Jimmy Fallon's band too, you know? The... Yes. He said, dude, effin' Neil the God, all respect due to the legend. Okay, I've got Gene Simmons here. My prayers and condolences to the Peart family, fans and friends. Neil was a kind soul. Rest in peace. And uh, we all know that Gene knew Neil very well. They toured together for years. Right. And Paul Stanley also chimed in. Absolutely horrible news. Neil Peart has died after fighting brain cancer for years. His later life was filled with so much family tragedy. So, so sad. I am just shocked. We all are. Yeah. Dave Grohl put out a good, a good statement too. I found it. Here it is. Today, the world lost a true giant in the history of rock and roll, an inspiration to millions with an unmistakable sound who spawned generations of musicians like myself to pick up two sticks and chase a dream. A kind, thoughtful, brilliant man who ruled our radios and turntables not only with his drumming, but also his beautiful words. I still vividly remember my first listen of 2112 when I was young. It was the first time I really listened to a drummer, and since that day, music has never been the same. His power, precision, and composition was incomparable. He was called the professor for a reason. We all learn from him, which is what we were just saying. Yeah. Thank you, Neil, for making our lives a better place with your music. You will be forever remembered and sorely missed by all of us. And my heartfelt condolences to the Rush family. God bless Neil Peart, Dave Grohl. And Taylor Hawkins was a little more succinct. (laughs) Neil Peart had the hands of God. End of story. (laughs) Taylor Hawkins. Yeah. And he did. He did. He really did. There's that Dave Grohl story about when he first, the first time he met Neil. Oh, I don't know if I've heard this. Oh, I found the quote in some article. They met to rehearse for the Rock and Roll Hall induction ceremony. Oh, that was the first time you met him? Yeah, it says, I was was coming to rehearsal and I was meeting Neil for the first time. And this man was as influential as any religion or any hero or any person in someone's life. He said, so nice to meet you. Can I make you a coffee? And he made me a coffee, man. (laughs) <laughs> and later that night I went to dinner and had a couple glasses of wine and I started crying because my hero had made me coffee. It was unbelievable. So that's kind of how this whole experience has been. That was back in 2013. Wow. There's so many stories about Neil being, you know, generous with his time, not only to the rich and famous. It's it's mostly it's mostly just people yeah. he runs into. Yeah. And not being like, just being a normal person because he was a normal person. Right. And that's all he wanted to be. Yeah. Was, he didn't want to be Neil Peart, Rush Drummer. Right. He just wanted to be Neil. He wanted to be Neil Peart, Rush Drummer when he was 
drumming in yeah, Rush. Right. <laughs> but off stage, he was a guy. This is his job, and he enjoys it and loves it. But off stage, when he's walking around the street, he's just a guy walking around the street. I always hoped that I ran into Neil Peart somewhere. My plan was not to say I knew who he was, just, just to talk to him, just to talk to him as a guy. Yeah. You know, hey, how you doing today? Whatever. Just start up a conversation with him about anything else but Rush. That yeah. was my hope. Unfortunately, that's never going to happen. Yeah. And I'm sure most have seen this um, Rush uh, sent out a statement as well. Right. Is with broken hearts and the deepest sadness that we must share the terrible news that on Tuesday, our friend, soul brother, and bandmate for over 45 years, Neil, has lost his incredibly brave three and a half year battle with brain cancer. We ask that friends, family, and media alike understandably respect the family's need for privacy and peace at this extremely painful and difficult time. Those wishing to express their condolences can choose a cancer research group or charity of their choice and make a donation in Neil's name. Rest in peace, brother. So I found the, the quote, Jer, that you were looking for from Mike Portnoy. It absolutely breaks my heart to pieces to get the news of the passing of one of my greatest heroes of all time. Neil Peart will always be a mentor and a hero to me. His influence on me as a drummer for the past 40 years is absolutely impossible to measure. But beyond that, over the past 15 years, he's also become a friend. Always such a gentleman and a gracious host, always inviting me to come to his sound check and spend some time before the show whenever Rush was passing through. Always sending complimentary copies of his new books, holiday emails with pictures of he and his young daughter Olivia. I have so many memories through the years, but probably the most special was the last time I saw him. I took my son Max to see Rush on their farewell tour, as I wanted him to see the band before they retired. Neil, ever the incredible gracious host, invited us to soundcheck, let Max play his drums, gave him a pair of sticks and an autographed snare drum head, and opened up his dressing room to us for the evening. The point is, if you were his guest, you were family. That's That sums Neil up right there. Yeah, that's great. And I've seen some other other tributes online that are similar. So next, I, I thought it would be good. We reached out to just the Rush fans on Twitter and Instagram and asked them to send us our their thoughts. Yeah, and they really did. I mean, oh, that was, dozens yeah. of emails and comments and Instagram. And a lot of people said they were very happy we were going to do this, and I'm glad people are happy we're doing this. Yeah. We're, we're happy to do it. But um, people just want to share yeah. not only how they're feeling, but just their stories about how they got into Rush and, mm-hmm. and what Rush has meant to them. So it, I think it's great. Okay. So why don't we, um, why don't we dive into those, Jar? What, what, what do you got? What well, do you got? Well, I've got, a, I've got mostly short stuff. Yeah. So you've got the emails. I've got the emails and some comments on Instagram. Okay. So why don't you, why don't you start? Okay. So I got an email from our friend Mark Irwin. Okay. Mark. Mark. Yeah, he's he, a huge Rush fan. And he actually met Neil, no? Yeah, he worked with Neil on yeah. the second Clockwork Angels book, Clockwork Lives, I think it was called. Okay. Um, and he's the uh, editor at Insight Comics and published and edited the book, um, Wandering the Face of the Earth. Yes. And he's been a great supporter of our podcast from he the very has, beginning. He has, and, and we thank him for that. Yeah. And uh, thank him for this uh, email he sent us. Yeah. Uh, he says, it's not an overstatement to say that Neil Peart saved my life as a teenager when I thought it wasn't worth saving. Discovering Rush and his thoughtful, insightful lyrics changed everything for me. They gave me hope, strength, and the fortitude to persevere through some truly awful times. Amazingly enough, as I grew older, 
Neil's lyrics got even better, so incredibly smart and deeply felt. He continued to not only be the soundtrack of my life, but the mind track as well. Wow. Thankful for getting to work with him on Clockwork Lives, also with Kevin J. Anderson, and for being able to work with Rush as a whole, not just the best band in the world, but an intimate organization of wonderful people. Wow. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I the he said soundtrack of his life. I bet you a lot of people feel that way. Right. I really, I really think and, a lot of people feel that way. And mind track of his life. Yeah. I, I, that's a great phrase because yeah. that's how I feel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Here's one from Gary Collins. Uh, he simply says, this hurts. Rush was and still is the soundtrack of my life. Neil's lyrics helped me get through a lot of tough times. So Gary uh, also felt like Neil provided the soundtrack to his life. Yeah. Andy Courtright on Twitter hit the shuffle button for Rush on Amazon Music. First song that played, The Garden. Mm. It's a measure of life and the fullness of time, a garden to nurture and protect. Yeah. Matt James Esquire. A lawyer. Yeah. Today is such a sad day and one Neil would find embarrassing, no doubt. Probably, yeah. But I'm sure he'd love the way it's brought us all together. One great big Rush family. Rest in peace, Neil. And um, Drew Goldberg at the dark side of film on Twitter. He just uh, simply quoted sunrise on the road behind sunset on the road ahead. There's nothing to stop you now. Nothing can stop you now. We are rush family together. We are devastated together. We will forever celebrate the impact of rush on our hearts and on our minds. Thanks Drew. Yeah. Uh, I got this comment on Instagram from Jim flow 46. Okay. says, I was a San Antonio police officer and my wife was seven months pregnant. My wife and I are huge Rush fans. I put my uniform on and it got me into the sound check at the Hemisphere Arena for the Presto Tour. Oh, cool. I sat my wife down a few rows back and I stayed back as if I were working security. We witnessed a Rush sound check. Who's, who has ever experienced this? Well, Getty walked down and up, walked down and up to my wife and asked her how far along she was in her pre- pregnancy. After chatting for a few minutes, he found out why I was there. He politely asked if he could touch my wife's belly. And of course we obliged. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. He said he touched he touched her belly. The guy signed my Presto program for me and we came back for the show that night. My daughter was born and we always felt that we were blessed because <laughs> Getty had touched mom's belly. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cute, right? That's very cool. Here's one from a Twitter fan, Scott Burks. I fell in love with Rush on the Hold Your Fire tour. Living in Los Angeles, they always played two shows, and I went to both every tour. I would watch one show from the first 10 rows, then the second show from the side, just to watch Neil. Rest in peace, the greatest. You know, when we the first show that we saw... We watched from the, the side. side. And that's what I remember. I watched Neil probably the most that night, because he was... He was moving at supersonic speed. I had never seen anybody drum like that before in my life. But those were really, really good seats. Yeah. The, the, on the ticket, it says rear section. And I remember thinking, oh man, we're going to be in terrible seats. Right. But it really was the best place to be. Yeah. Was, we could see Neil perfectly. It was the first section off the floor. So it was at an angle. Yeah. And it was toward the back of the stage, sort of, but it was really com- perpendicular to the stage. Mm-hmm. So it was just edge on and mm-hmm. where you get to see him all night. Yeah. It was great. I reached out to uh, the two people that went to that show with us today. Yeah. Uh, our friend Tony mm-hmm. and uh, Ron Lipnicki, yep. who uh, formerly uh, was the drummer of Overkill most recently. Right. And he was hugely influenced by Neil. Yeah. And he remembers that show vividly. 
the day he became a Rush fan and right. just obsessed with Neil. Um, and they both were thinking about that show, just like we were. Yeah. Um, 1986, first time they saw Neil play live. Yeah, I got this comment um, from David1150. He says, I, I bought my BMW R11 50GS after reading Ghost Rider. Neil could have had his pick of any bike. Indeed, he had others at the time. But this is the one he chose to just get on and ride. No destination or timetable. I thought, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. 16 years and 80,000 miles later, she's never let me down. Like Rush, she's a constant in my life. Always hoped I might bump into Neil someday so I could tell him thank you. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Here's another one on Twitter. William Pesek. Hey, from Tokyo. Neil Peart was my inspiration to become a writer. In high school, I used to get the dictionary out at times to learn what he was on about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, that's funny because I've had to look up words too. <laughs> yeah. Neil, to use his own words, only introduced me to a wider reality. I owe him. This it, is coming from a writer. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. This is Chuck B63. I was hoping you guys would do this. His words through his lyrics have made me think and learn over the past 41 years. Geez, that's a long time. I saw him when he looked like a wizard through his skull. T- <laughs> I saw him when he looked like a wizard through his skullcap days. Percussionist, writer, philosopher. We have lost a genius. We have lost a genius. We that's, have. That's obvious. Yeah. So I got this comment on Instagram too from Annika Parsnip. My dad raised me in the Rush family, so I've been hearing his music, lyrics, and stories since I was very young. Throughout the entirety of my life, he has been a source of inspiration and like a family member. I cried for hours yesterday, I'm not going to lie. It feels like I don't know what to do without him, even though I never met him. Wow. I mean, that that's pretty much sums up how I feel. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this one's from John Wilding, at Johnny Wilding on Twitter. His brilliance was far-reaching where you could only watch in awe. An influence to my many established artists, old and new, and countless wannabe musicians around the world. From Maidstone in the UK... A truly sad day for music, not just for drumming. R.I.P. Neil Peart. Yeah. And I have one, uh, another comment on Instagram from Mercutio224. Mercurci- okay. Must be a Shakespeare fan. Says, my first live band, Moving Pictures Tour, Stafford Bingley Hall in the UK. I was hooked and I live and breathe them still. I devoured the music, saw them on seven subsequent tours and worshipped them each time. Neil had an air of mystique. You knew he was there, but he just played. The raised hand at the end of his solo and a wave at the end as he rushed off was all he gave, and to respect him was all he wanted. Wow. He lived for the music and was playing, and now as he leaves us, we live with a grateful memory of beats and words. His solos were always a high point. He turned the drum solo into an art, not a time to go to the toilet and get a beer, that, which is so, <laughs> so, true. so true. Any other time you might have, like the drummer doing a like, right. solo, that would be the time. Nobody ever left. No. Nobody ever that's left. That's not the time. No. Nope. Nope. And he, he finishes off a legend, a hero, and a maestro. Tonight, I have tears. Tomorrow, I have my entire Rush collection to get through. Yeah, we're, we're still burning through ours. Yeah. This one's from Matt Cull on Twitter, at Matthew Cull one The greatest drummer of all time. The greatest lyricist ever. My biggest hero out of so many musical heroes. Feeling completely empty at this news. R.I.P. Neil Peart. And uh, here's one from Mike Thompson. He deserves a special moment, not of silence, but of his powerful drumming. 
Who else thinks that they should have a special tribute to Neil during the upcoming Grammy Awards? Oh, if they don't. Oh, they have to. They have to. They have to have. And not just put his name yeah, up on the not screen. in and, memoriam. Right. We're talking, they need to do a, a, a burning for Neil. Oh, like totally. Like burning for Buddy. They have got, yeah. If it's not, it's going to be a riot. They definitely need they to do They may that. not. They, I'm going to start, I'm going to write them, everybody should tweet at them. Yeah. Tweet at them, comment on any pages. We need something for Neil. Absolutely. That's a good thing for Rush fans to get behind. Yeah. Absolutely. It'd be a, a shame. A shame. Because people who watch the Grammys aren't necessarily Rush fans. They need to know about this guy. They and do. his life. I think that yeah. the, the, everybody in the audience, though, every musician in the audience knows uh, who Neil is. Oh, absolutely. Right. But not everybody watching the Grammys knows who Neil is. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. There has got to be an extended drum, I don't know, solo. Yeah. With all of all the great Taylor Hawkins, Stuart Copeland, mm-hmm. all those guys yep. got to come out and, and do something. Do the Neil solo. Yeah. Yeah. If any of them can. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Thank you, Mike, for that comment. We absolutely agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Here's one from Karen White. I heard Red Barchetta when I was eight years old and I was hooked on the band immediately. 14 years later, and I'm still in awe of what he could do behind the kit. And he inspired me to pursue drumming as a full-time job. It's his fault. Most of my <laughs> money is spent on drum gear. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I have this email. Okay. From uh, Carl. Since uh, this morning, actually. It says, other than a few songs on the radio, my introduction to Rush was Exit Stage Left. So many people say that. Well, you know, after we saw them that first time, mm-hmm. we drove around until like, two or three in the morning listening to Exit Stage Live. Yeah. Over and over again. Yep. They had me at the Spirit of Radio, but I will never forget the impact Neil's drumming had on me. The dynamics and energy of Red Barchetta, YYZ with the amazing solo, the precision of Jacob's Ladder, the fills and multiple percussion sounds from the trees in Xanadu, and the epic work in La Villa Strangiata were all part of what sealed the deal and made me a Rush fan for life. Neil is the only celebrity or artist I ever sent something to. It was a book, Shipwrecks, by Akira Yoshimura in 2012. It is about villagers who lure ships to shore in order to pillage their resources. I sent it to Neil along with a brief note via Rush Management immediately after hearing the Wreckers, which is as a similar topic. Right. I have no idea if he got it, and he had probably already read it, but it was... I'm sure he did. It was a way for me to relate to him and to thank him for the music he, Alex, and Getty had provided through the years. Wow, that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, here's one from Michael on Twitter, Mike Music 7 The song Time Stands Still speaks volumes now. That's all he said. This comes to us from Cygnus X1, the great website. Oh, yeah. They just sent me a link to um, Rush on the Clockwork Angels tour playing The Garden, oh. which was really i watched it immediately and it was just really moving thanks signus x1 for that and um gary broadwell on twitter i just played after image for my wife and cried like a baby this has been a very tough time for me i lost my father 10 days ago and now i've lost my favorite musician Mm. so sorry for your loss gary yeah i got an email from Corey. okay he said my 22 year old son called me when the news broke about neil's passing to see how i was taking it 
He said, I'm devastated, Dad. I became a drummer because when I was little, we would drive around listening to Rush, and you knew all the fills on the steering wheel, and it sounded so cool. I do that all the time. Oh, yeah. I was doing that today. Yeah, of course. I've been thinking about how influential he was to my own passion for drumming. This is, you know, part of the thing. So my response to him was to tell him that although I was sad, I was mostly grateful. There hasn't been a day since I bought my first Rush album at age 12 back in 1981 when my thinking wasn't influenced by his lyrics and developing a mindset around themes of integrity and honesty, individualism with a responsibility to the greater good, appreciation for artistic genius and intellectualism, being true to yourself, and that the identity I developed as a teenager and then into adulthood certainly influenced the way I raised my kids. So yeah, I drummed on the steering wheel, but I also developed lifelong values listening to and really thinking about Rush lyrics and reading books that inspired Neil Peart and also Peart's original writing in books and essays. And I did my best to live them out and pass them on to my children. Wow. That's... That's incredible. Yeah. That's really amazing. I got this email from uh, Michael. said, I started playing bass at 12 years old back in the mid 80s. Quickly formed a band and for two years we were playing the Police, ACDC, Cream and all sorts of bands. We thought we were listening to the best. The drummer's older brother told us we had not heard anything yet. He put on Exit Stage Left and said, this song is called YYZ. From the first note, it was like nothing we had ever heard. We didn't think music like that was even possible to play. Getty immediately became my hero. Then Neil kicks into the drum solo. Our jaws dropped to the floor. At that moment, me and my bandmates simultaneously became obsessed. It was rock perfection. It has been a love affair ever since, culminating in second row center tickets on the last tour. So thankful we saw so many shows over the years. His brilliance will live on forever. I never actually met him but like other fans i feel like i did through his words and his passion for music and life wow this is this is tough from stephen banass on twitter neil peart slipped out of his concerts quietly he left this life the same way peart liked to slip out of his concerts without drawing any attention so he could ride off on his own finding his center again it's no surprise he chose to exit this life the same way roy malloy on twitter sent us well, it didn't send it to us. I actually found this on Twitter. Sticks did a tribute to Neil Peart last night wow. at their concert. I wow. don't know where it was. I got to try um, that down. But the uh, the keyboard player, the guy who replaced Dennis DeYoung, I forget the guy's name. Yeah, I don't know. It escapes me. But anyway, he played Limelight on his keyboard and sang it, and it was great. Oh, we got to track that yeah, down. Yeah, got to find that. that. That was very cool. Yeah. So uh, our friend Bernie. Yes. I've known him for a long time. Mm-hmm. He sent me this. He said, in the summer of 1980, I was a 12-year-old kid who, to the great consternation of my family, had discovered the absolute joy and freedom of drumming. Wow. (laughs) Sitting atop my drummer's throne, a name so aptly giving, in command of the thrift store and hand-me-down kit assembled before me, I was a prince in pursuit of kings, Baker, Bonham, Moon, Star, Palmer, Rich, and Krupa. Those were my saints, my saviors, and gods, each having forged paths deep in the forest of the percussive lust so that I, a fat kid from Philly, could follow every step of my mimicking quest leading to a new and wonderful discovery. And then it all changed. I heard the spirit of radio, most likely coming through the state-of-the-art Philco in-dash speaker of my mother's 1973 AC AMC Gremlin, <laughs> and my world forever was altered. 
He says, Rush and specifically Neil Peart changed my entire life in that one moment. Three minutes, actually, because it was the single version. <laughs> wow. Neil's obvious God-given talent and the discovery of such was the single most important brick in the foundation of my lifelong pursuit of music as a listener, a critic, a low-grade impersonator, and sometimes creator. Thanks, Bernie. Yeah. That's cool. That's very cool. I got one last one, Jer. I, I didn't get the Twitter handle, um, but Patrick on Twitter posted a letter that he got from Neil when he was 16 years old. Really? So I'm going to read the letter that Neil sent Patrick. This is in response to the nice letter from your excellent mom. She told us of the hardships you both had to endure in order for you to attend our shows at Bingley. We enjoyed them on our end. I hope it proved worth the effort. I don't know if you managed to get our autographs or not, so this will add to it. If not, perhaps this will make up for it. Best wishes to you and your thoughtful mom. Yours truly, Neil Peart. He signed his name. How great is that? Uh, any context of what the... No, he, he just the... said he just said I got this letter when I was 16 and I've held on to it ever since. Wow. Yeah. And he posted a picture of it. Oh, I'm man. reading the actual on Rush letterhead. Yeah, on Rush letterhead. How yeah. cool is that? Yeah. I have one more email. Okay. And it, it's kind of long. I'm not going to be able to read the whole thing, but it's it's an interesting it's written interestingly. This is from Andy. He says, "This is my Rush story. On May 21st, 1978, my brother Spencer came home from college and informed me that we were going to see the band Rush on May 28th in Wisconsin. I said, who's Rush? He said, in the next six days, you will learn about Rush one album at a time. So the rest of the email mm -hmm. is May 22nd, Rush, and then he goes through all of the albums. He listened to Rush on May 22nd, Fly By Night on May 23rd, Caress of Steel on May 24th, 2112 on May 25th. <laughs> a Farewell to Kings on May 26th All the World's a Stage on May 27th And then he says May 28th Concert Day There was only one road leading to the venue At Alpine Valley It took forever to get there And when we arrived the line to get into the outdoor venue Was long and we heard the opening band Suite before we found space on the lawn Uriah Heap followed And they were good I guess <laughs> Needless to say Rush was awesome This was the last show Of the uh, Farewell to Kings tour Wow. I, I knew I was hooked. Little did I know at the time that I was hooked literally for life. Here I sit, 41 and a half years later, as big a Rush fan today as I was then, with big tears in my eyes at the news that yesterday brought. Wow. So, Well, I just want to thank everybody for sending those emails. They were terrific, and the, the tweets and the Instagram posts. Yeah, I couldn't even read all of them we'd be here all night right and the other thing is i may have missed some just because twitter was blowing up the past 24 hours right I, so I, it's possible someone sent something and we didn't see it and if we didn't read yours we apologize but uh but thanks to everyone who sent something in regardless of whether we read it or not we really appreciate it yeah i, I got an email when i was pulling up in your driveway so, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respond to everybody and thank them for writing in. But Yeah, but we're recording this, just so everybody knows, we're recording this on Saturday night, just about 24 hours after we found out about Neil passing away. So if you sent it after Saturday Eastern time, about 5 o'clock, it was too late. And yeah. we're sorry for that. Yeah. Um, so what we normally do on the Rush Bandcast, Jar, is we break down Rush songs yep. and Rush lyrics. Mm -hmm. So we thought today it would be fitting to break down the song after image. Mm -hmm. So why don't we do that? Okay. 
Here it is. That's tough to hear, Jer, on this day. What are your thoughts on this song? Well, the first thing I want to say is, do you remember we saw them play this song on the feedback tour? Yeah. At Radio City Music Hall mm-hmm. in New York City. And we were in the balcony, uh, which is my preferred place to sit these days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just because you could sit down the whole time. Right, I have, right. I have bad knees. Um, and there was a couple sitting next to you. Do you remember I them? remember them, yes. So they were an elderly black couple. Mm-hmm. and we were just we assumed that they had um season tickets right or something because we were just like you know I'm, it's they just, seemed out of place they seemed a little out of place and um they didn't really seem like they were enjoying themselves so it seemed like oh they just had these tickets and like hey we have nothing to do tonight right but at the intermission you struck up a conversation with the, with the man uh-huh and he told us that he was a huge rush fan like the year before someone introduced him to rush and he was a gigantic rush fan and this was his first rush concert wow i remember them i remember talking to them i don't remember what they said to oh. us you have a great memory I, well because it was just i i couldn't believe what i was hearing he must have been mid-60s and his wife was just along for the ride basically. oh yeah she she yeah she, was she had no interest <laughs> but he was so into rush he was like 65 years old and he just got into rush that's cool and I mean, that just shows their universal appeal. I can't tell you how many how many emails I've gotten, you know, concerning our show from people who are 20, yeah. 18, mm-hmm. just getting into Rush. Yeah. So, I mean- I think it's awesome. Yeah. I, I, know, I also think it's sad that they're never going to get to see Rush because that's part of the experience that they're never going to get. And right. I feel bad about that. That makes it so much better for us and everyone who's seen Rush live. Yep. So this song, Jar, was written uh, for Robbie Whalen, a friend of Neil's. He was an assistant engineer at Le Studio in Marin Heights, Quebec. He was killed in a car accident, leaving the studio in a snowstorm. And uh, Robbie apparently taught Neil how to cross-country ski, and he would ski with Neil to the studio when they were recording there. Like from from the guest house? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the line in the song, the shouts of joy skiing fast through the woods, that's Neil and his friend skiing. Wow. You know, just the opening line of the song, suddenly you were gone from all the lives you left your mark upon. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we're dealing with right now. Yeah. And, you know, um, for the um, different stages live album. Yes. That line, suddenly you were gone from all the lives you left upon. And it says, in loving memory of Jackie and Selena, his, his mm-hmm. wife and daughter. And now we can say those words in, in memory of Neil. Yeah. 
for sure. And everything that we've been talking about, about how he's, he was a teacher of various things for mm-hmm. those who, for those who wanted to learn anyway, are in this song. Yeah. That's how he felt about his friend. Yep. And now, and that's how we feel about him. Yep. I tried to believe, but you know it's no good. This is something that just can't be understood. I, I learned your love for life. I feel the way that you would. I feel your presence. I remember. Mm. It's it's tough. Yeah. This this song, I listened to this song today, and it just really just sums up, I mean, other than the skiing part, because I've never been skiing. But, uh, <laughs> well, it's true. Uh, it really sums up how we're feeling today. Really does right. It's it's a it's another classic example of of Neil taking or working through his feelings about something in song, mm-hmm. and I think that we as fans can also do that. Yeah, we, we can work through whatever feelings. All of us have different feelings about it, and we shouldn't listen to these Rush songs and be sad. I think, like a, mm-hmm. the email said earlier, we should listen to them and 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 just identify with the different parts of the songs that mm-hmm. will help us kind of work through this. Yeah. And just be happy for everything that Neil gave us over the years. Yeah, definitely. The song itself musically is just terrific. I mean, Alex's guitar solo is amazing yeah. on this song and Getty sings it with, with just such emotion you know? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, he really brings the emotion out in this song that Neil is feeling. Yeah. Especially when I feel the way you would when he sings that. Yeah. Yeah. This just can't be understood. Yeah. It's, it's, the, the it's tough thing, to listen to that one today. Really. Yeah. It, the song doesn't have uh, many lyrics in it. No, believe it no, or not. no, which doesn't. is something I never noticed when I'm listening to it. Yeah. It's really, it's really so, I mean, the lines I read are pretty much it. Yeah. You know, but there might be one one other line I missed, but that's basically it. But for some reason, when they're repeated, each time they're repeated, there's a different kind of emotion in there. So the emotion just gets ramped up in Getty's voice at the end, and it doesn't feel like he's saying the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just amazing. Just amazing. Yeah. So, uh, anything else on this song, Jar? Before we wrap up, what was a difficult podcast for me to get through, but I think we've done it. Um. No, I mean, there's nothing else I can add. What I do want to point out is the next podcast you're going to hear, we recorded prior to Neil passing away. So we may mention Neil as if he is still alive. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to be interviewing Nathan Santos, who is a professor who taught a course on Rush. Right. So we talk about Neil a lot. We talk about Neil a lot, but we did not ask Nathan about his thoughts on Neil's passing because we recorded this previously. Yes. And I do want to point out that our, our buddy Lex provided the base intro for today's podcast. And he did that today for us. Wow. Last minute I said, Hey, can you give us something for uh, the Neil tribute? And he said, uh, I'd be honored to do it. Yeah. And uh, thanks Lex for that. We really appreciate yeah, it. Thanks. And um, we always wrap up the podcast with a quote, Jer. I'm sure you've got one for us today. And, I do. Uh, what is it? Well, it sums up everyone's feelings about Neil, I think. The measure of a life is a measure of love and respect. I knew that was the quote you were going to give me. What That's else the one be? I was going to pull out. What too. else could it be? Thanks for listening, everyone. And um, join us next week for another edition of the Rush Fancast. Yep. And uh, have a good one. All right, thanks.